Genre. We solemnly swear we're up to no good. Welcome, everybody, to Harry Potter Minute, the fan podcast where we overanalyze the Harry Potter movies one magical minute at a time. I'm Gary Roby. I'm Victoria Laguna. And we have a very special guest with us this week, uh, the queen of Minute Podcasts herself, Crystal Beth. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. I've heard you on so many other Minute shows, and so uh, I've been looking forward to these minutes for a long time. I'm I am very excited too. I kept thinking that I was gonna have to remind you guys over and over again to be like, hey, don't forget about me. Please. I wanna do your show. <laughs> I think I think honestly, I think maybe I was a little intimidated to reach out for for the start of the show just because I was like, Oh, I know that Crystal's been on all these other ones, but like we're still the new kids on the block and like I wanna I don't know. Uh, I wanted to make sure the show was gonna sound kids good. anymore. Not you're- anymore. We're gonna we're over an hour and a half into this now. Yeah, you're getting into those big numbers. Yeah. We uh we hit a we hit a milestone at the end of the week. I'm glad you could be here for it. Me too. It's gonna be fun. Um, before we start, we like to ask everyone like what your history with Harry Potter is. Like, did you grow up reading the, or did you did you start with the books or like did you see the movies first or? So I started with the movies first. I I can remember vividly because uh, my mom used to own a daycare when I was younger, so we would uh, get b- books would come home with her. And I remember seeing the cover to Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and seeing the artwork and being like, I do not want to read this. And I still feel the same way. I don't like the artwork. What is it? Marie Grand Prix? She's the artist? Uh, yeah, I the think so. Somebody. Yeah, for the... <laughs> uh, I did not enjoy it. And I, I saw it and I was like, I will not like this book if I read it. And I was all about that life. I was into every single nerd thing that existed. But seeing that book, I was like, mm, nope, it's not something I'll enjoy. And then I went to the movie theater and saw it for the first time and was like, what is this magic? And it was when that came out, I saw that and the Chamber of Secrets before I read the books. And it was one day when I was house-sitting for my aunt and uncle, they had Up to Goblet of Fire. So I read Sorcerer's Stone to the Goblet of Fire completely straight through, pretty much no breaks. It took me three days, I think. I couldn't sleep wow. because I was like, these are so good. I don't know how I went this long not reading them. And I had – that was, I think – the movie came out in 2001 – Oh no, so I, I read them right after Sorcerer's Stone. So I didn't, I, Chamber of Secret, Secret, Chamber of Secrets I read after, before I saw, hang on, I'm trying to remember my timeline. How old was I in 2001? <laughs> 10th grade? Yes. Yes. So I saw Sorcerer's Stone and then read up to Goblet of Fire and then saw Chamber of Secrets when it came out after that. But I, I love it. I, it's, I love it so much. Yeah, I've, uh, I've talked about it a little bit before, but I, I was given the first book, um, 
for like Christmas or something. And so mm-hmm. it took me a long time. It was the same sort of thing. Like the, the artwork was a little weird, but the first chapter of the first book starts with like Vernon Dursley. And so I didn't care for yeah. kind of a long time before I started actually reading the book. But once I did, I devoured everything I could get my hands on. I, uh, we went to like midnight releases and I would just stay up reading the book. Cause you like, once you're, because it it's so evocative of this, like this other world, this like magical place that you can get away to. Like I would kind of escape into them for, for the duration of that first read through, like just nonstop, like carrying the book everywhere I went. Loved them. Yes, that was. I remember when uh, Deathly Hollows came out. I was a manager at a subway at that point, or a shift mm-hmm. supervisor, and I flat out told the people I was working with, I was like, "I will be in the back reading this book. Do not interrupt me <laughs> unless you absolutely need me, because I couldn't stop. I was just all of the emotions that have ever gone through my body in my whole life were going through my body and just reading this book." <laughs> I was like, ah, like up at 4 a.m., just like tears streaming down my face or like laughing and happy and oh God. Yeah, I think, I think they're, they're really compelling like that. Like I've, I've probably seen the series of movies like so many times or read these books over and over again. And still like, I recently rewatched, um, since we started the show for the first time, I rewatched like the rest of the series and there's still moments that like I get really emotional about knowing what's coming knowing like how it's going to shape the future of the things, but still like invested in these moments as they happen. Like I'm, I'm so excited for us to get to like later movies. It's a long trip, but right. I, I agree. When I was watching this last night, just to refresh, I was like, I can watch my movies. I remember I've seen the movie so many times and read the book so many times that I was like, I'll remember it, but let's watch it. And as soon as the music started, I was like, Oh my God, Ah, it's happening. It just feels good. It does. It does. I think especially with these early movies with the John Williams score, like, it's just, like, another thing to really, like, hook you in whenever you hear, like, Hedwig's theme for the first time and just sort of, like, returning to this world. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. I agree. Oh, it's so good. Okay. Well, um, I want to ask you about your house, but I think I want to save that. Okay. We start the minute. Get into the minute. Uh... Today, we're talking about uh, Minute 96 of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Minute 96 starts with Dumbledore lurking behind Harry. And it ends with him explaining the way the mirror works. I, we got um, this kind of slow transition from uh, Harry and Ron in front of the mirror at the end of last week. And then we cut to Harry sitting in front of the mirror here. And... My first question was, as I was watching this, like, is this supposed to be the same night? Like, Harry's wearing the same outfit with the same sweater, and, like, is this still Christmas evening? I always assumed it was later. I just figured he had the same, uh, and I act, I've never, I never thought about it. But my thought was that he saw it and then went back a night or two later and went back again. And the only reason I would think that and the fact that he's in the same costume is I'll wear the, I'll wear pretty much the same pajamas for like a day or two, but I always have the same hoodie on that. I don't wash every day because I wear it just when I'm right before I go to bed, when I'm just sitting on the couch watching TV. So I don't think to wash it as often as I wash other things that I own, but it could be that he's just gone back. Yeah. It, um, 
even even Dumbledore's kind of vague because he says back again, and that could imply that like hours have passed or that days have passed. Like we don't really know, but there is a deleted scene that happens between these two moments that's not in the theatrical cut of the movie that we're watching. Okay. Um, there is a deleted scene that is uh, kind of, I guess, mealtime in the Great Hall, and Harry is sitting on one of the tables, kind of like lost in the fire. He's like staring into the fireplace, and Ron is sitting at the table with his brothers, and he comes over and is like, I, this is after the night that he's seen the mirror. And so he knows what Harry's kind of struggling with. And so he's asking him, like, do you want to play chess? And Harry's like, no. And he's like, do you want to go and visit Hagrid? And he's like, no. And uh, Ron tells him, he's like, he's like, there's something not right about that mirror. And he's like kind of entreating him, like, you shouldn't go back. Like, I feel like you're, um, that there's something, yeah, he says that there's something not right about that mirror. And I think he kind of sees that Harry's like becoming lost in this, uh, in this, in this magical kind of artifact that he's discovered. Oh, it's in his little dream. I know, though. Honestly, I would not leave the mirror if I saw everything I wanted in either. I was thinking about it, and I was like, I don't know what I would even see. I've just hid what I've wanted from myself for so long that I think it would be a great surprise to know what I really wanted. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think... um... Is it, I think it's either this minute, I think it's in this minute, uh, Dumbledore says that people have, have wasted away in front of the mirror, or even gone mad. I can completely huh. see that. Yeah, even just trying to figure out what I want to do for the day, trying to figure out our, like, goals for a year of my life, the idea of seeing what they could be is so daunting that sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even want to do them. Because you can't see the finalized product. If I saw what all of my goals were in the mirror, I would be like, this is where I live now. I live right here. Yeah. Because it's, it's showing, it's showing you having completed those goals. Like there's no motivation to go out and do them. You can look in this mirror and you can see like, oh, I've accomplished, like this is me that's accomplished all these things that I've wanted to, or this is like, you know, for Ron, it was winning the house cup and being uh, the Quidditch captain and like head boy and kind of, the pride of his family, like filling all his, uh, kind of the roles that his, his brothers have had held before him. And then for Harry, it's like seeing his family, like this is the only way he'll ever get to like interact with his parents. Yeah. The one thing I do wish was that they showed his whole family like they did in the book. Yes. I agree with you. I really wish that they loved, they did that because I love seeing where people have come from just in real life, fictional, mm-hmm. real characters. I love seeing, like, if I see someone's face, I want to know where that face came from and what created their personality, like where, what evolutions of people had to happen for that person to occur is just crazy to me. And I was so excited when I read the book because they talk about like a short little guy who's like all happy and waving. I'm like, I want to see that guy. Granted, yes, his yes. parents are great, but I want to see everyone. I am checking through. There it is. I was looking for this passage in the book right now as you said that. It says, um, Harry looked into the faces of the other people. Uh, the other people in the mirror and saw other pairs of green eyes like his, other noses like his, even an old man who looked as though he had Harry's knobbly knees. Harry was looking at his family for the first time in his life. Oh, it's so beautiful. I know. (laughs) I love it so much. It hurts. 
Yeah, it, it even goes on. The next paragraph talks. It says that he had a powerful kind of ache inside him, half joy, half terrible sadness. Oh, it's so beautiful. And it's one of those things where you just see how pure and great Harry is because you see Ron and Ron's is all about him and how he will get better. And if I walked in front of that mirror, it would all about how I could make me the best version of myself as opposed to what Harry's is, which is just surrounded by people that he wants to meet. Like his want, his his biggest desire is to be surrounded by family. And I, exactly. I hope, I hope above hope that that's what mine would be. It would just be that I was surrounded by beautiful, wonderful people in my life. But I mean, who knows? I don't know. I mean, I'm a performer. Yeah. Those are pretty selfish people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, uh... You're right when you say that it's, it, it is, it does show this kind of like purity of heart that Harry has. And it's, it's sort of essential later when it comes to getting the stone out of the mirror at the end. Uh, because the mirror is an object that is, is sort of kind of testing that the kind of inner workings of that person that's looking into it. If you, if you look at the mirror and you desire the stone for the purpose of using it for yourself, you can't retrieve it. And so Harry goes looking for it with the desire to like keep it from Voldemort. It's, it's the same thing as here, like him seeing his family. He's seeing a way to like stop something terrible from happening. Not like, how can I use this for personal gain? Yeah. There's He's a I, kind of a balance. Uh, I like it. His, I think that's one of the smartest things that, I mean, and even Dumbledore is pretty pr proud of what he did with that mirror at the end. Spoilers. I know we're not supposed to. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but I don't know. I love it. I think, and I also think the mirror is beautiful, and I love the room that it's in. It's just this cool colored, filtered, big, empty space, and you just feel it sh feels the emptiness of Harry Potter even more. I think, like, you just feel lonely and cold with for him and with him with the way they yeah, shot it. And it's kind of haunting in a way. Mm -hmm. oh, it's we so nice. we see. Dumbledore like over his shoulder kind of lurking back there and it's uh I don't know Harry doesn't look afraid when Dumbledore announces himself but like it's interesting Dumbledore gives a lot of himself away here when he's talking about like he 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 asks Harry like oh you're back again like implying like oh I've seen you coming down here or like I'm aware of the fact that you've you've met the mirror but also he knows what Harry sees in the mirror and what Ron can see in the mirror Yes. Which I think is really interesting. Like, did he just overhear them talking about it? Or can he see? No, I guess you can't, like, see what he someone else He has eyes sees. everywhere. Yeah, I definitely feel like, like... He's big brother. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Omnipotent, omnipresent. <laughs> He's a uh, godlike here. I like Dumbledore a lot he in really this is. I think, um, I wrote it... Oh, I actually wrote more for the next minute about his expressiveness, but I really love, um... He's kind of, I don't want to say somber, but, um, very Yeah, wise. Richard Harris was the best Dumbledore. I agree. I think that he does have a, um, I kind of like his, his presence a little bit more. Like, I think Michael Gambon, of course, you know, does a great job in the movies, but he doesn't have the same sort of, um, he didn't know who Dumbledore was. Yeah. It's interesting that you say you think he did a great job because all I did was get annoyed by him. I was like, calm down. <laughs> you need to relax. Stop jumping up onto the stage. He has a lot of, uh, 
Michael Gambon has a lot of like fire in him, whereas uh, mm-hmm. whereas Richard Harris plays it a lot more, um, a, a lot more low key. But at the same time, like I kind of I wish that we got more of the sort of whimsy that Dumbledore has in the book. I agree. I also, with me saying that I think Richard Harris is a better Dumbledore, like I said, I also saw Sorcerer's Stone first, so I saw Richard Harris as Dumbledore already. So I didn't have a picture of who I thought it might be in my head yet, which is why I might like him so much more. Sure. But I do, I think the meme of, uh, Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Like, that mm-hmm. meme is one of my favorite memes, where it's just like, that's not how he asks in the book, but he he was like, I'm not going to read the books. It's fine. I got this. We're not talking about that. Oh, movie, we've got, I'm we've so got sorry. I'm jumping yeah, ahead. No, it's okay. It's okay. Months. <laughs> oh my gosh. More, I'm more years, years, I think, in our case. Um, So Dumbledore kind of, Dumbledore kind of, um, he asks Harry if he realizes what the mirror does as if he's sort of like testing him. And then he answers yeah. the question before Harry gets a chance to. Harry thinks he, he, Harry 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 asks um if it shows whatever we want, and he's like yes and no. It shows what one desires. Do we get the mm-hmm. line? Yeah, we do get the line. Um, that the happiest man in the world would look in the mirror and see only themselves as they are. Could you imagine being that happy? I was just saying, yeah, I would love. When I was writing my notes it. earlier, I was like, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I know anybody who I think would look in the mirror and just see themselves. But I mean, that's, that's the human condition is just wanting, maybe not wanting more in a negative way, but knowing that you possibly could get more if you tried. Yes. I guess. It's, um, it's not the most eloquent, eloquent way to put it, but it's, I mean, every person wants, more. I mean, unless they don't want more, I also don't understand. I wouldn't understand that. I have very lofty goals and I have gotten smarter in my old age and I break those lofty goals into smaller, more attainable goals so that I don't feel sad all the time. But this mirror would ruin my life or it would make it better. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if it would be I don't know if seeing my desires laid out in the mirror like this would motivate me or like discourage me. Yeah. I honestly, it might discourage because even if I start doing well, like if I'm booking a lot of shows and getting callbacks and a lot of auditions, as soon as they stop, it's like I've fallen down even more because I don't have that satisfaction that I had a month ago. Sure. I don't know. It's so it's an interesting wants and desires are a scary thing. Oh, absolutely. It would just be me surrounded by all the movies by minutes people. <laughs> I like that. That's my perfect mirror. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um we get a really great line tomorrow. I'm going to save that. I thought we were going to get that this minute. Um there's there's a moment in the book, with actually, Victoria, is this the first time Harry and Dumbledore have like had a conversation in this movie? Do you remember? I don't think they've actually like sat and talked to each other yet. 
You know, not that I can really think of. Yeah, I was trying to think about that as I was taking my notes earlier. Not, There's a lot not, of not just that happen. In the, yeah, him and him. Yeah, There's no they one definitely in the room. have. They definitely have a lot of moments where they like, they like share a glance or whatever, right. but a wink and nod, whatever. I don't think they've actually talked to each other yet. I think this is the first time. No uh, student headmaster meetings. No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. I think it's for literally the first time. Yeah, yeah. I think this is the first time they've been in each other's like company, like this, like this close since he got dropped on the doorstep. Right? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but it's not like Harry can do yeah. that. No, no. That's so interesting. I never thought about that because I just associate their relationship as being. Very chatty. Yeah. I guess maybe because of the other books too, but I didn't even think that this was the first time they were alone in a room. Yeah. And the two in the of them book they, too, right? Um, I think maybe you are right that this is the first time in the book too. I don't remember as I've been going through my reread any other moments where the two of them have really gotten to talk to each other. Uh, they're developing the relationship between the students more, which is good, which is what they should do. But yeah. you would think Harry would be like, ah, the headmaster, <laughs> like this man I don't know and has only winked at me once. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, you know, um, they, they do, they do talk here on a very kind of chummy relation. Like, I don't know. He, Dumbledore doesn't seem. Harry doesn't seem like he should be afraid that he's like out of, out of here's the headmaster catching him out of bed in the middle of the night for how many nights in a row, like knows that Harry's been coming down here, but there's no, um, it'd be very different if this was Snape showing up. Yes. Right. Uh, he seems totally comfortable with, with Dumbledore here. I like it. I'm into it. Me too. I like their relationship. I like that it develops over the movies. We'll get a lot of Dumbledore and Harry moments going forward. Dumby and Harry, bros for life. Right. And uh, bros for life. Bros for <laughs> And, yeah, I'm, jeez, oh, and death. I'm I'm thinking that I just, re, just, because I just rewatched it, I just keep thinking of that moment in Deathly Hallows in, like, the, um, King's Cross Station that's supposed to, like, represent death or, like, passing on. And the two of them having their conversation there at the end and just be like, oh, that's the... Yeah. Hmm. Well, I guess that's their last conversation, whereas this one's their first one. I wonder if there's any parallels in that. I didn't think to look at that. I'll have to talk about it later. No, I didn't. Yeah, you know, it's fine. I'm trying to... I'm racking my brain and it's just... Yeah, because I... I can't... I think that I don't think anything. Nope. I don't know. <laughs> there is no there is no there is no Harry Potter ring theory. <laughs> um actually that uh, I don't know if that's true or not. We'll talk about that as we go into. So the minute ends with uh, with Dumbledore telling Harry what Harry sees in the mirror. You see them standing beside you. It's very somber. It really is. Ugh. You see them standing beside him like, yeah, that's why he doesn't want to leave. It's his family. Yeah. Introduce them. Oh, uh, yeah. Even it's sad that no one's alive. Sorry. Yeah. Was no, uh, I totally agree. I was going to say like, we see 
all of the potters, I think, in the, the mirror as it's referenced. Um, mm-hmm. so James, James's family is like completely gone as far as we're aware. Uh, we did a little bit of research and found out that he was an only child and his parents died of dragon pox. Um, oh God. Before Harry got a chance to meet them. So there, so he doesn't have any family on his dad's side. And then we don't know about Petunia's parents if they're still around, but I can't assume that they would be. I think that Harry being Lily's child, they would want some sort of connection with him that Petunia probably wouldn't allow. I, I also with. think that they would be so proud to show Dudley to them. Yes. Yes. I, so much death in this movie. I know, it's so sad. Maybe Lily did the same thing Hermione did to her parents. You think so? <gasps> during, um... Ooh. During the first one. These are the more. knowledge bombs I was talking about. There we go. Victoria dropping some That's- real, really heavy logic. No, I like this. Do you think, uh, if she, if she, if she mind charmed her parents, memory charmed her parents, why not Petunia? Because Petunia already doesn't want nothing to do with her anyway. Mm. Right. And maybe if she did charm Petunia, maybe someone undid it so that they, she could take care of Harry. Maybe they just undid some of the memories. I know that Dumbledore leaves a, leaves a letter for Petunia telling him or telling her, like, this is what happened and you have to take care of Harry and this is how long the protection on your house is going to last. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Dumbledore did something to sort of... Uh, influence her decision or her her kind of memory of things i don't know Hmm. can you undo memory charms i don't think we get any i don't think we have any evidence i bet you'd have to be very powerful yeah and i i agree i don't think that there is any evidence of it no i think um i think that's why that's why lockhart's so sad in the books Hmm breaks my heart at the end when we see him again in like a later book and he's just all oh god i know victoria's rolling her eyes at me over I'm here like, please i like, I so, like I, honestly that man deserves it <laughs> i mean yes very much so. i don't feel bad for him i'm glad he went crazy because that's what you get for only being good at one thing and that's taking credit for other people's <laughs> for other things people. by using a memory charm i'm glad it backfired good rot <laughs> i know he used he used ron's broken wand that's such a terrible idea Terrible. Don't touch anything of Ron. No, if he no, was a better wizard, he would have known that. <laughs> True. Yep. Oh, this wand with spellotape tape on it—that's another movie too. What are we doing, guys? Okay, we're getting, we're getting excited. We are getting excited. <laughs> I think I think that was everything I had for minute ninety-six. Victoria, did you have anything you wanted to talk about? Did I did I cover everything? Well, it's just the start of their conversation. So. Yeah, we get a little bit more of it tomorrow. Yeah. We get a we get some good uh, Dumbledore wisdom tomorrow. <laughs> uh, cool, Crystal. Why don't you tell people where they can find you? Sure thing. You can follow me on Twitter at the Crystal Beth, or you can listen to my Movies by Minute podcast, The Fifth Ella Minute, which is on iTunes, and you can uh, listen to episodes on www.thefifthelleminute.com as well. And I also host a video game podcast called Unlimited Lives Radio that's available on iTunes, and we Twitch stream live on Thursdays at 6 at twitch.tv slash unlimitedlivesradio. That's awesome. Go follow, go follow Crystal, you guys. You, she's great. 
I Fifth Element is oh. one of my favorites of the the minute shows that are actively running right now. And oh, thank you. You guys have great energy over there. I think it's I think it's a lot of fun. Everyone should check it out. Cool. Okay. We uh, you can find us at duelinggenre.com and harrypotterminute.com. Uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter and all of those places. And you should join our uh, Harry Potter Minute and the Listener's Army, which is a uh, Facebook group for our listeners to kind of engage with what's going on in the minutes and talk about uh, – people share memes and we just sort of talk about, like, the the, the stuff that's happening on the show. Every it's once in a while I share my collectibles. Yeah, every once in a while Victoria <laughs> shares her – Victoria lurks – on, on, I do. on the minute page. I'm a creep. <laughs> <laughs> that's how John's me. like on NARS. He'll like something every once in a while, and that's it. <laughs> Gary will come to me and like, oh, did you, you know, this person posted this thing on our listeners page. I'm like, I know, I saw it. <laughs> like, oh, like, okay. I, I read Same all the comments, and I, and I saw it, and it, it, it's out there. Yeah, she's You're she's, the Dumbledore of the Harry Potter minute. You mm-hmm. see everything. You know. I, I know. Keeping in the shadows. If there was something important enough for me to like have to interject. Like that one guy tried to start something about Snape and I was like, whoa, all yeah. right, calm down. <laughs> we're not I doing mean, this. You're, you're an avid Snape defender. Like we're not, we're not doing this. Well established. There's no outside Same to hammer. go to. So <laughs> there's no outside to go to because I can't say let's, let's go outside. Let's step outside. <laughs> Discuss this like a, let's adult. take this out of group. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> whoa, whoa, let's take this out of group. It's getting serious now. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, but no, oh. yeah. All right. We, uh, we wrap up every minute by saying mischief managed. Would you, uh, would you care to join us in that crystal? Sure. Awesome. Uh, join us tomorrow, everybody, for minute 97. And, uh, I, I butchered that outro, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> mischief managed. managed. Mischief managed. <laughs> <laughs>